You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Greatest Joy, Part 3. Enjoy. The Lord was uh, encouraging me this week, and I, I received a... Um, how many have, have, have seen the Passion Translation? You don't see that? It's a new translation that came out in the last year or so by Brian Simmons. And as it was coming out, I read some snippets of it, and I liked some of the what, things I read, so I subscribed to the email from his ministry. And God is so specific. You know, you can't benefit from a word of prophecy unless you're in an intimate relationship with Christ. You've got to be pursuing him passionately on Monday morning. Right? If you're not pursuing him passionately, you're going to miss out on the glorious destiny he has for you. We don't have time to listen to the enemy. Right? He was a liar way back in the garden and he still is a liar today. He's trying to talk you out of God's destiny for your life. Don't you let him do it. Don't you let him move you off what God has given you. Don't, let, don't you let him move you off of your purpose, your divine purpose straight from heaven. God created you, and it's time to move forward, not backward. This is a pivot point, a marker point in your life. Are you going forward or backward? I'm not sure how this is all going to come out. Stay with me back. Are we recording? We're just letting it flow. Letting it flow. Before I get to this email, let's see. Hallelujah. Dana, can you find the uh, picture of our website there? It might be in the an uh, announcements. We have a new website up. This is the new website. Um, there's some, still a couple uh, issues. The podcasts are currently unavailable. The podcasts are, we're gonna, should have that resolved, hopefully, uh, by Wednesday. So the podcasts are currently unavailable. And there was one other thing that was down. I forget what it was. Emails, or Highway Church emails are down. But anyway, we invite you to go and check out the new website. Um, but go to the first page there. Deanna Bear, that's what I call her. She's my Deanna Bear. Um, on the very first page, before I read this email from Brian, I want to read to you, show you how specific God is. Uh, when we're moving next week, we're moving forward. This is our last service here. It's the last time I may ever say, please stay off the mat. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so next week we're going to jump all over the mats. Actually, we don't have any mats there, so don't worry about it. No. Uh, but as we were praying about beginning this in 2014, the Lord would continue to encourage me. And you know how you're going through life. Satan tries to discourage you, whether maybe circumstances aren't lining up or you just feelings come in like a flood, darkness, whatever it is. But he kept saying, move forward. Move forward advance move forward so we have here the very image is an image of moving forward that's you see those streaks you're faster than the flash you see that that's you following jesus you just blow right by the enemy see 
So I like that image that we put up there. And you see those three words, growing, experiencing, and moving. That's from our vision statement. And you can put that little slide up there with the vision. You have the, our vision there. Or I'll just read it. It says, we see a, a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his destiny for their lives. So we have growing, experiencing, moving. We're a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his destiny for our, for our lives. Then I'll just go a little further down on that page. These are actually screenshots. It's not live. So just go to the next slide. There you go. So underneath the main image, you so welcome to highway. And it says this, a highway is a structure that enables us to go from where we are to where we want to be. In life, Jesus is that highway. I'm reading it. I don't know if you can read that. I'm reading it right off the site. In life, Jesus is that highway. Through relationship with him, he takes us from where we are to where we were meant to be. So that's the first thing they're going to read when they come to the website. Then underneath that, it says our purpose. It says we exist to help people enjoy a real relationship with the real Jesus. We exist to help people enjoy a real relationship with the real Jesus. Go to the About Us page. It should be in order, the slides. Yeah. And again, I'll read that to you. That's the About Us page, and this is what it says over the, the highway. There's you and your spouse. You're on the right and the red, and then your spouse is the white and the left. See that? Fast. So at Highway Church, we realize Jesus did not come to establish a religion, but to bring us into a relationship with the one who made us. And then underneath, we actually quoted Jesus underneath there. And this is what the quote says. I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows more and better life than they ever dreamed of, Jesus. Yep, that's what he came for. So we're going to proclaim it boldly, boldly, without apology, right? Why would he have to apologize for good news? He came that you might have life and life abundantly, more and better than you've ever dreamed of. So moving forward is essential to what we're doing. And the key to moving forward is keeping your focus on Christ. He's the the steadfast one, the immovable one, and he is where we long to be. So if we keep our focus on him, he, he pulls us forward. He draws us unto him. He enables us. He equips us. He lifts us up. He picks us up and he brings us to where we're meant to be, regardless of what mistakes we've made, regardless of any shortcomings we have. His grace is sufficient for us. So I get this email, back to the email, and I I don't know why, but we we came uh, as far as uh, why I started feeling this way, but I don't, maybe six months ago, because we came back, it's 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 two years and 11 months we've been here. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't seem like it. If you had told me we're going to be in a karate karate studio for two years and 11 months, I said, no, thank you. I'm going fishing. (laughs) <laughs> but you don't, you don't worry. You keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus. I don't care where I'm at. As long as I'm following him, I'm good, right? 
That's it. So I guess it was about six months ago. I just started feeling inside. We need to move. We need to go. Didn't have a place. Didn't have anywhere to go. But inside, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. Time to move forward. And we shared with that about last week. So here I am getting ready for Sunday this week. And um, this email pops in my inbox. And the, the title of it is Move Forward. And I believe this is a word for all of us. And that's why I'm reading it to you. So I'm just going to read it to you right off the email. Then I'll read you the, the Passion Translation. <clears throat> Excuse me, of Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Move forward. The time has come for you to advance. You have remained in the place you are for long enough. You have crossed over a bridge and found the pleasant path that leads deeper into my heart. Move forward, my child. As I promised Joshua, I promise you. Can we put the map of Massachusetts up there of, of uh, our area? Yeah, there we go. You can think of this as you're hearing these words. As I promised Joshua, I promise you, every place that you set your foot upon will be yours. Every place you set your foot upon will be yours. New territory is waiting. A calling pulls you onward. Move forward, my child, and you will see the works of God. Faith never remains in one place. It is a movement, a dynamo that propels you forward. Nothing can stop you when I am with you and I call you forward. Where does Satan call us? Anywhere but closer to Christ. Right? Doesn't care where you go, what you do, as long as you're not moving forward in Christ. Right? So how do we know if we're moving forward in Christ? Well, what are, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we're moving forward in Christ, these things are going to grow in us. Right? How do we know if we're, if we're not moving forward in Christ? We keep going around in circles, right? We're not walking in love. We're not walking in joy. We're not walking in peace, right? Christ wants you to go forward. The fullness of my plan is ahead of you, not behind you. The fullness of my plan is ahead of you. The sweet taste of joy has filled your heart, but there is more for you. As you leave the predictable and move forward. My child, it is waiting for you. Step into all that I have chosen to bring to pass in your life. My life has never been predictable. <laughs> but I tell you, you can be tempted to stay where you are. Do the same things over and over again. And start to trust in those things. Start to trust in the systems that have been set up in your life. And God is saying, I want you to come forward to leave the predictable and trust in me. My child, it is waiting for you. Step into all that I have chosen to bring to pass in your life. Faith will not hesitate. 
when my cloud has moved. I will direct you with my cloud and with my presence. I'm going to his glory and his spirit. Never be afraid to step out and you will find more of me. Isn't it interesting, interesting what Peter experienced before he was born again as he was uh, being trained by Jesus and Jesus came to them. They were sitting in their ship and he was walking on the water, but only one of them had a God idea. Let me walk on the water with him. Only one of them. Only one of them at a moment chose to grab a hold of God's thoughts. Jesus would have thoroughly enjoyed walking on the water with the rest of them to the other side. But the Holy Spirit touched Peter and he had a God idea. And he said, Lord, if that's you, just speak. And he said, come. And he stepped out on the word of Jesus. And he began doing the very same thing Jesus was doing. That wasn't predictable. It wasn't possible. But he did it. Come, Jesus is saying. Step out on his word and move forward. And because he stepped out, he, he experienced a dimension of Jesus that no one else did. So you can't look around at the, at the people around you when it's time to go forward. You've got to keep your focus on the one who's calling you forward. Because other people are going to criticize you. They're going to um, laugh at you. They're going to try and change your mind. But you're not going to listen to them, right? We got our eyes on Jesus. We watched, uh, anybody seen the movie Pele? About the legendary soccer player. We watched that on, when did we watch that? Friday? Uh, but It uh, came out in 2016. I highly recommend it. I thought it was great. But I didn't know much about him other than his legendary soccer playing. But he, I guess, was involved with, he was one of the producers in the movie. But it showed this young man growing up in Brazil and who went through a lot of persecution and was exceptionally gifted, obviously, in soccer and with his athletic skills. But boy, people were putting him down left and right. And he had a style of playing that the Brazilians were trying to change. I forget what it was called. What was it called? Jenga? And they were trying to play more like the European soccer players because they lost in the 1950 World Cups. So they were saying, well, we got, we got to stop our style, and we're going to try and adopt their style. But this kid just grew up doing what he did, and his dad had been a professional soccer player and taught him how to use his body uh, with, with that Brazilian style. And he was amazing at it. But the coaches he had told him, don't play that way. I don't allow you to play the way you're made to play. That's basically what they told him. And he tried. It was very frustrating. But he became, the, I believe, the youngest player to ever play in the World Cup. He was 17 years old. I don't know if I have all my stats right, but something like that. And even his World Cup coach, they were trying to eradicate this style of play from the Brazilian team. And, and they, the players were frustrated because it wasn't who they were. But his dad told him something somewhere in the movie. He said, don't listen to what they're saying. Be true to who you are. Be true to who you are. And I know that the Lord is saying this, be true to who I've made you to be. Don't listen to the criticism. Don't listen to the fears. A lot of that's from the enemy. Fears, right? Depression, discouragement, anxiety. Don't listen. Stay true to who you are in me. 
You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Jesus himself bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. And with the stripes that wounded Jesus, you have been healed. You're full of my spirit. You're full of my wisdom. You're full of my joy. You're full of my peace. You're my righteousness. He's my righteousness. Never be afraid to step out and you will find more of me. I've gone before you to prepare the way and I will be your peace. I delight in you and will never leave you for you are mine. So this whole journey has been that where, you know, you can in any field you're in, you can study all of the the templates that are out there and all the ways of doing things and not that there's anything wrong with that, but you, if you really want to get to the heart of what God has for you, you have to be led by His Spirit. This is not a formula. It's not a template. So I, I decide I'm just not going to do this unless we will follow the Spirit. I, I, I'm not interested in just putting, you know, round pegs and round holes and square pegs and square holes. I want to follow Him daily. So that's what we're doing, and Philippians 3 really sums this up as we're in this phase going to our new place. Philippians 3, uh, you know what, that's all right, I'll just read it. It's from the Passion Translation, it's starting in verse 12. And he says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance. (laughs) None of us have obtained the you know, the fullness of all that God has for us. But with passion, we're running into his abundance. This is verse 12, chapter 3 of Philippians. Now, this was written by who? Who wrote the book of Philippians? What, what apostle? Paul, right? He, he, he probably one of the most amazing followers of Christ in all of history, right? So this is him saying that, okay? He said, I haven't acquired yet the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. That's all you need. Remember Mary and Martha? Martha became concerned about all the things that needed to get done during the day. Her sister was concerned with one thing, learning from Jesus, right? That's that one compelling focus. I forget all of the past. <laughs> you guys are good. You got it up there? Thank you. Awesome. I forget all of the past. Wow. Have you done that? The only thing I remember in my past are my victories in Christ. <laughs> Those discouraging, you know, uh, things, I don't, I don't, they're not allowed on my channel anymore. You're on the Jesus channel. Remember from last week? It's the only channel we have in our mind. Where'd they go? They take it down? So good. One compelling focus. I forget all the past, every failure, every mistake, every time I fell short, I forget it all. 
and I fasten my to the future instead. <laughs> Listen to this. This is what we're doing. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. That's what we're doing. We're running straight for Jesus. Straight for His calling, His heavenly calling, His divine purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says it this way in the Amplified, for we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, uh, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, he prearranged and made ready for us to live. God has a path for your life that is good and rich and plentiful and satisfying. And it's on the highway. So we've got new invites available. I don't know. Did we get them out of the trailer, the new invites? Okay. They're in a little box in the trailer. There's a couple of them. But anyway, so you can throw the old invites out because we have new invites available today um, with the new address and map on the back and then at the bottom it says get on the highway and experience God's amazing love for you. So that's what we're, we're doing. We're running straight to Jesus. We're, we live on the highway. We live in, in, in fellowship with him and we've been talking about the greatest joy. Are we down over there guys for good? Is it the projector? You try shutting it both down and rebooting and all that stuff. <laughs> all right. We have been talking the past couple of weeks about the greatest joy in what God is doing and the meaning and purpose of our lives. And I want to go back to the scripture that, capsula, that, that capsulizes our passion and our focus as we move forward. It's Philippians 3.10 in the Amplified. I'll read it to you. Okay, you were back. So Philippians 3.10 in the Amplified. It says, for my determined purpose, this is the Apostle Paul talking, I've made a decision, is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. And see, that's the question you need to ask yourself before you make a decision. Why am I about to do this? And i just be real with you. Um, you know, a lot of things going on, uh, a lot of projects we've got happening in our own lives. Um, and I was in the warehouse. I got the keys this week. You know, and, and I'm alone, just walking, I'm loaded, loading some gear in, just walking by myself. And the enemy just started trying to discourage me. And they said, look at you in this warehouse. What are you doing here? You know? And, um, and then the Holy Spirit rose up and says, remember why you're doing this. Remember why you're doing this. You're doing it for me. So before you make any decision regarding the direction of your life, stop and say, why am I about to do this? Is it to get closer to Christ? Is it because the Holy Spirit is leading me closer to Christ? Or is it my flesh? Is it, is it something that's, that's going to hinder my intimacy with him? See? 
progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Boy, there's so many things rolling around up and coming up. We were reading, are you doing your one-a-day Bible reading as I'm reading this? What did we read uh, in uh, Ephesians? We started, what, Philippians 1 on Friday. And uh, Paul's talking about him wanting to, he said, I want to I be with Christ. I want to go to heaven is what Paul's talking about. He said, but it would be better for you if I stay here. So I choose to stay here. See, there are things that God will ask you to do because what he's, what's, he's put inside of you, people in, in your sphere need. And the devil is so afraid of what God has deposited inside of you. He's so afraid of that divine calling that's been permanently installed of you. The last thing Satan wants to see is for you to become the person God made you to be. So he's got to try and talk you out of your calling, talk you out of what God has made you to do. So Paul made a decision, I'd rather be with Christ right now, but I'm choosing to stay here and go through all the the stuff I'm dealing with because you need me here. And it becomes a life of selflessness when you're following Christ. And I share with you this scripture before. If, 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 you do, if you're doing something willingly, there's a reward for you. But if you're doing it unwillingly, there's something deeper, a dispensation. We want to get to the deepest part of you. We want to get beneath the desires that change from season to season. We want to go all the way to the core of your divine operating system your divine calling. Are you ready to go there? Come on. Let's go all the way to the center of who you are. Let's be who God made you to be. Perceiving, recognizing, and understanding the wonders of the person of Christ more strongly and more clearly that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. It's It's amazing walking with Jesus. And I've experienced such miraculous things in my walk with him. From physical healings to supernatural manifestations of provision and wisdom and direction, connections and it's just been amazing. But when you get down to the center of Jesus, down to the center of who you are, you will uncover this this nonstop flow of life that's in your spirit. We started talking about this last week. God is always on. He's never tired. Just I like thinking about that sometimes. <laughs> he never gets weak. Let's put Isaiah 40 up there. And I'll tell you this. When you start walking with them, you'll become like him. You'll begin walking and not becoming weary. Running and not getting tired. Isaiah 40, verse 28. It says, do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. It means it can't be penetrated with natural reasoning. It's beyond what our minds can grasp. We can grasp with our spirit, though. And your spirit can teach your mind. Hallelujah. Next verse. So he never gets tired. He has an endless supply of strength. 
He's perfect love, so he gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. This is what he does. He gives strength to the weary. He increases power to him who lacks might. Now, naturally speaking, youths grow weary and tired. Vigorous young men stumble badly. There's no protein shake that can give you the kind of strength God will give you. Verse 31, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain heaven's strength. A strength that is not of this earth will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. This is what the Lord has for you. But the key is the beginning of the verse. Those who wait for the Lord. Now that word is very powerful, that word wait. I don't know how to say it in Hebrew. Kava, kava it's strong, 6960. But it's the, the root of it means to bind together. Those who are bound together with the Lord. Those who expect from Him. Those who gather with Him. Those who look to Him. In fact, the Amplified says it this way. Put the Amplified up there. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, who look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. I can't hope and expect from Him and be discouraged at the same time. It doesn't work. It, it simply can't happen. If I'm expecting from the Lord, confidence will come. Strength will come. Joy will come. From where? From Him? From heaven? Come on. It's time to begin going through your days with heaven's joy. With heaven's strength. With heaven's life flowing through every system of you. Because of Jesus, heaven's supply is open 24-7. God did it way before 7-11 opened up. He was the first open all night franchise. <laughs> Christ has provided us with 24-7 access to the provision of heaven. God's door is always open to you. He's always, his power, his strength, his life, his provision, his wisdom is always open, is always accessible, is always available to you through simple faith in Christ. If you've put your faith in Christ, we learned last week, then your spirit is born again, right? And heaven's resources... Heaven's provision is actually now inside of you. We're going to see this. Remember last week we talked about the, your spirit, soul, and body. Okay? It's so important, and I want to spend a little bit of time on that this morning because it will absolutely help you to live and function in the victory Christ came to give you. So this heaven this heavenly resource, this heavenly strength is actually not out there somewhere. It's inside of you if you put your faith in Christ. You don't have to search for it. You don't have to try and obtain it. It's already in you. 
What does Romans uh, 10 say? Don't say who, you know, who's, who can ascend up there or who's going to descend down there. It, 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 the word of faith says this. It's in, you, it's in your mouth. It's in your heart. Look at Luke chapter 17. How are we doing? Are we doing okay? I'm trying to channel this thing and get it out. The life that God has for you is inside of you. It's not out there. So we're moving forward because the Spirit of God inside of us is leading us. Okay? And we're not afraid. Luke 17, this is how Jesus said, yeah, let's read that whole, let's start in verse 11. This is so good. The kingdom of God, the power of God, the life of God is actually inside of you if you put your faith in Christ. So here's Jesus in Luke 17, ministering life. He goes to Jerusalem. He passes through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. He enters into a certain village, and there he meets 10 men that were lepers. I'm down in verse 12 now, which stood afar off, verse 13. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, no, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. Nothing physically had changed in their bodies. That must have sounded crazy. Here they are, ten lepers, outcasts of society. They asked him to have mercy on us. And he says, Go show yourself to the priests. No, actually, we asked you to heal us, and, you know, uh, what do you mean? They won't let us in the temple. We're, we're banned from society. Go, remember we said it during worship? It's that simple. He speaks, we believe. He speaks, we believe. Don't complicate things. He speaks, we believe. No matter what it looks like, he speaks, we believe. And because we believe, we step forward. And we walk on what he said to us. Jesus. Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass. That means it didn't happen right away. Right? There is a period of time between what he said and the manifestation of it. It came to pass as they went, as they chose to go forward on what he spoke to them, they were cleansed. What would have happened if they stayed there and stared at him and went, nothing. Nothing will happen if you just sit there and fail to move upon what he's spoken to you. It's time to step forward into the fullness of his plan for your life. Thankfully, they didn't say, duh. They realized this is Jesus He knows what he's doing, regardless of how I feel or what it looks like or what society says. He's told me to go and show myself to the priest, so I'm going to go. And as they went, the word that Jesus spoke to them in the past showed up in their bodies. His word is spirit, and it is life. The spirit is where it happens, and it shows up in the body following that and it came to pass as they went they were cleansed verse 15 and one of them just one when he saw that he was healed (laughs) 
he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And as we go forward, I, I want to encourage all of us, don't ever criticize someone for being loud in church. You have no idea what the Lord has done in their lives. And furthermore, when you get delivered or if you've experienced that depth of resurrection power, you're going to shout like you've never shouted before. Jesus! With a loud voice, he glorified God. I just can't imagine what that must have looked like. And then he falls down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he had no covenant with God. He was a Samaritan. They were at odds with God's people. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine there were ten hearts there that I wanted to lead into their destiny. And nine of them walked away. Where are, I've got ten destinies and only one is ready. There are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go your way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Remember what that word whole is? Some translations say saved you. Sozo. Right? He came to save, to sozo, to make whole. He was demanded the Pharisees, here's the religious crowd, watching all this, and they're upset. They're, they're confused. They're trying to trip him up. They say, when the kingdom of God should come. So they, they've seen the kingdom of God manifest in these ten men's lives, right? And they're like, when's, when's it going to come? What's going on here? The kingdom of, now I love what Jesus said. This is so important. He answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. That's how the, that's how the King James says it. What does that word mean? With outward show. The Amplified says, it, it comes not with signs to be observed or with visible display. Remember what Jesus said, and these signs will follow, follow those who believe. Faith comes first. Way too many believers waiting for a sign to confirm what God's already done. You'll never walk in divine health if you're always checking your body. Because it happens in here. The revelation is in here. That I am the healed of the Lord for the rest of my life. And no one can ever change that. And if my body uh, contradicts that in any way, it's going to change immediately. I'll have nothing. I'll, I won't settle for anything less. Health and wholeness is mine for the rest of my life, period. Because Jesus has spoken. It doesn't come with observation. So carnal Christians are always looking for signs. They're always looking for some outward manifestation to try and follow God. These religious experts totally missed God, and he was standing right in front of them. Neither shall they say, lo, here. This is verse 21. Let's put that up there. Or lo, there, here's Jesus talking, for behold, the kingdom of God 
is inside of you. Talking to a friend earlier this week, someone told us, said, yeah, you need to find someone who has the gift of healing in order to be healed. All kinds of advice given that just falls way short of what Jesus said. You've got Christ living inside of you. Who has a better gift than that? You don't have to go anywhere or find anybody. You found Christ. He found you. He's living inside of you. The healing, the resources, the wisdom, the provision you need is inside of you today. Where is it at inside of you? Your elbow? What did we say last week? It's in your spirit. It's in your spirit. Now, let's talk a little bit of what that means. Because it's so important to say, what is, because there's two words that get mixed up, spirit and soul. Right? First Thessalonians talks about being, uh, being kept whole, holy sanctified, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Your spirit... Your soul and body. Your spirit and your soul are not the same thing. The world uses those terms interchangeably. The Bible doesn't. Okay? The Bible teaches us how we're really made. So your spirit was born again. The kingdom of God is in your spirit. Okay? It's not in your eyeball. It's not in your ear canal. It's in your spirit. Your spirit is not something that you're given when you're born again. You are a spirit when you came into your mother's womb. Human beings are spirit creatures. It makes us different. Why? How do we know that? Well, Jesus said in John 4, God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Whose image were you made in? God's image. So guess what? You're a spirit. I'm a spirit. Wouldn't you like to be a spirit too? No. You're already a spirit, right? So that's who you are. That's what you're made of. You were, you were made from God's throne. You were made a spirit, okay? Now, connected to your spirit are tools called your soul. That consists of your, your intellect, your emotions, and your will, okay? And I say intellect because of the, the, the natural reasoning, the ability your brain has. There's the mind of your spirit, and there's the brain, two different things, Okay? The mind of the spirit is where the life is. The brain is not always the case. Don't live by your brain. Live by your spirit. It's a, your brain is a tool. It's an amazing thing. But it, it, it pales in comparison to what's going on in your spirit. Okay? So you are a spirit. You have a soul. You have an intellect. You have a will. You have emotions. Those are tools. That's not who you are. Your emotions are not who you are. Isn't that good news? Right? That means I can feel a certain way, but it doesn't mean I am that way. Right? And your will is that freedom you have to choose what you believe, to choose where you go, to choose how you speak, to choose how you behave. Okay? That's your soul. So you are a spirit. You have a soul, which are tools, your intellect, your emotions, and your will. And you're living now in a physical body. Someone said, was it a sleeve? <laughs> in some of the sci-fi movies, they say you're in a sleeve, right? Or your earth suit. This mortal body is what we're wearing right now to operate in this realm. It's not going to last forever. And if Jesus comes back on Monday, then we're getting a glorified body, right? 
But it's important to understand that because the Bible will speak of your heart. And it's not talking about your physical heart, the organ in your chest, although there are a lot of parallels. It's talking about your spirit and your soul, which are connected. You can't separate. You can't pull your soul off of your spirit. You can take your spirit and soul out of the body, and the body stops working, but no one can remove your soul from your spirit. They are eternally joined. Okay? Important to understand that. But again, the soul are the tools that are joined to your spirit, not who you are. Does that make sense? This is, this is very good. So when the Bible speaks of your heart, uh, can we put up Proverbs 4, 20 through 23? Just pop it up there. If we have the NIV, do it in the NIV. First Peter 3, 4 talks about the hidden man of the heart. Or the inner man. What's he talking about? The inner man of the heart. Your spirit. See, in your heart, your spirit and soul, the, the real you is your spirit. Uh, so Proverbs 4, 20 through 23 in the NIV. Pop those up there you can. It's gonna, we're going to see this word heart and this regular nonstop flow. Don't make Eden nervous. He's trying to get it up there. Okay. There you go. We're waiting. There you go. <laughs> Good job. Okay. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Why? Jesus said my words are spirit and life. Go ahead. Next one. Do not let them out of your sight. So this is an excellent passage to show you how you work. Let's take our time here. So it starts with a word. If you want to work, you've got to get the word in you. All right. If you want to operate properly as you were designed, it starts right here. Don't uh, go back to verse 20. How do you pay attention? With what part of you do you pay attention? Your soul. Okay? Yeah, of course, yeah. It's your will. You gotta, you get, your will determines what your soul focuses on, right? Your will is the, is the, the remote control, right? Okay, we're going to focus on this right now, Okay? So this is going to show us how we work, these, these four verses, all right? So my son, use your soul to focus on what I say. Wow, this is so good. This is Holy Ghost right here. He wants you to work. He wants you to function as your design. He wants you to win. Come on, don't you want to win? He wants you to win. Love, joy, and peace every day, baby. Every day. More love than you can handle. More joy than you can shake a stick at. Where'd that term ever come from? I don't know. My son, use your soul, your intellect, your will and emotions to focus on what I say. Turn your ear. Now he's Obviously, we use our physical ears to hear audio waves. But we're still talking about the soul, really. Focus. We're talking about focus. You see that? Turn your ear to my words. But your soul does determine what your physical ears are going to keep, right? You can't keep something from coming into your ears, but you can determine if it's going to stay inside of you, right? Next verse. So he's focused. The soul is key here. Do not let my words out of your sight, your focus. Keep them within your heart. What's he talking about? Your soul. 
Next verse. For, this is the reason why I want you to do this. Remember, God always has your best in mind. For they are life to those who exercise their soul to focus on what I say. Right? If you do it, it works. If you don't, it won't. For they are life to those who find them. And health, Hebrew, medicine, cure, remedy, to one's whole body. What part of you is that talking about? Your mortal body. So what you choose to focus on with your soul affects your mortal body. Wow. So the soul is really important. It's not who you are, but it's really important. What you choose to think about as you go throughout the day. And listen, Satan's got lots of options for you. Lots of things. You just go pick from his playlist of things he'd like you to think about. Sure. How so-and-so treated me a week ago. They didn't say this to me, and I wanted them to say this to me. They didn't pat me on the back, and I wanted them to pat me on the back. They actually didn't return my phone call. I texted three times. I didn't hear from them. Uh, They said this to so-and-so. It goes on and on and on, and the more you play the the selections off of that playlist, the the more troubled you're going to become inside. And it's going to affect not only your body, but you arriving at your destiny on time. We're not, let's say this with with me. I'm at the right place, at the right time, with the right people, doing the right thing. Say it again. I'm at the right place, at the right time, with the right people, doing the right thing. How do you know? Because I said so. Say it again. I'm in the right place at the right time, with the right people, doing the right thing. What are we doing? We're, ex- we're, we're focusing our soul. We're exercising our faith. We believe God is guiding our steps, that he's going to work all things together for our good and move us forward. Satan thinks you, wants you to think you're going to miss it. Or you've already missed it. Or you've got to go back and fix this. You've got to get so-and-so to, to tell you something different and them to do something for you and, and change this thing in your past. And it's never ending. No, we're focusing on who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. They are life to those who find them and the medicine, the cure, the remedy to one's whole body. Now look at verse 23. Okay, it doesn't say it. That, this is okay. This is a good translation. I was looking for the translation that says uh, they revised the NIV. The 1971 says it different. It says, above all else, guard your heart. What's that talking about? Your soul. Right? This whole thing's been about the soul. For everything you do flows from it. One, the, the previous or the 70 version of NIV says, uh, above all else, guard your heart. For from it flow the springs of life. I like that. For from it, well, actually, see, now we're, now we've, we're talking about both the heart, the spirit, and the soul, aren't we? Right? We were talking about the, the mind, the intellect, the emotions, and now we're talking about uh, the spirit where life flows from. See how that's connected? 
So how much of life you're experiencing depends on what your soul is focused on. We said last week it's like a door, right? Remember Jesus said in Revelation to believers, to his church, I stand at the door and knock. That has mistakenly been used as a, an altar call for people who aren't saved. That's not how Jesus used it. He was speaking to his people who were born again. What door is he knocking on? I thought he was already living inside of us. Remember, God works from the inside out. He's saying, I'm in your spirit, and I want to come into your soul. Open the door. Let me into the soul area of your life. Let me into your thinking. Let me into your emotions. Let, submit your will unto me. Wow. Come on, he's knocking. Let me in. Submit your will unto my, make my will your will. I love that. I love that Jesus in the garden. Now, Jesus is the only one that could do this to go to the cross for us, but he was about to face something more horrific than we'll ever understand. And he says, Lord, if there's any other way, you know, if there's a plan B, can we try that, right? But if not, your will be done, right? I made up my mind when I began following Christ, there's no plan B. I'm going to fulfill my destiny. There is no plan B. I'm going all the way. That is a deliberate act of my soul. Make that same decision. Because if, if you're not completely, firmly resolved, Satan will grab it from you. He'll talk you out of it. He will talk you out of it. Christianity is not for sissies. Have you noticed that? What do I mean by a sissy? Wishy-washy. Right? Listen to God one day, listen to the devil the next. That's not who you are. It's time to be strong. It's time to be strong. Stop analyzing. Stop questioning. Stop wavering. Be strong. Be courageous. Hallelujah. Be strong. Be strong. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. That's Jesus in John 16, 33 in the Amplified. I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Lord is trying to strengthen you right now. Let Him do it. Last two scriptures, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Rejoice all the time. 
pray without ceasing. Next verse there. So here are two constants. Joy and prayer. If your prayer is not producing joy, you're not praying right. The more you pray, the more joyful you should become. <laughs> Rejoice 27, 24-7. Pray 24-7. Now, what does that mean, pray? Does that mean be on your knees in the floor in your closet all day? Fellowship with Christ all day long. Talk to him. Worship him. Listen to him. Walk with him. Interact with him. Worship him. Give him glory all day long. Produces joy. Not religion. Intimacy with Christ. Verse 18. In everything, not for everything, in everything. We don't thank God for everything because there are things that are not from him. Right? But no matter what the situation looks like, we're giving him thanks, not because it's happening, but because he's our victory in the midst of it. For this is the will of God, what? That we rejoice 24-7, that we fellowship with him 24-7, that we're thankful and praising him 24-7. In Christ Jesus concerning you. Look at verse 19. Quench not the Spirit. Now that capital S, is, that's, that's, that's not that way in the Greek. They don't capitalize it there. And, and oftentimes the, the translators in some translations will capitalize it because they're not sure, is he talking about your spirit or the Holy Spirit? Well, I believe it could be either one, but I think he's saying open the door, just like Revelation. Don't quench the life that's in you. Start praising me. Start rejoicing in me. Start fellowshipping with me throughout your day. Keep that door open. Come on, joy, keep, praise him. Keep the door open. Worship him. Thank him. Fellowship with him. Keep your mind on him. Keep that door open. Don't stop the flow of life that's in you by getting discouraged, by, by listening to depressing thoughts, by listening to uh, self-thoughts. Self-talk. Start listening to Christ's talk. Hallelujah. To finish it up, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice. Here it is again. This is the will of God for your life. If you're ever wondering, what is God's will for me? We just read it. To rejoice in Him 24-7. To delight, to gladden yourselves in Him. You can't make good decisions if you're not doing this. You will make decisions out of your flesh. A depressed decision is not a good decision. A depressed decision is not a God decision. We need the joy of the Lord to make the right decisions in our lives. Again, I say rejoice. Celebrate God all day, every day, the message says. Now look at verse 5. It says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. What does that word moderation mean? Well, I looked it up in the Strong's because you look at different translations. It can be translated gentleness, but the Strong says this, equitable, fair, moderate, forbearing. Here's the kicker. Not insisting 
on the letter of the law. So let the people around you see a different kind of spirit. Not someone who goes around insisting on the letter of the law. But someone who's gentle and joyful and kind. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, there's that fellowship. I like the Amplified. It says definite requests. Definite. God wants you to be sure and certain and definite about his love for you. Sure and certain and definite about his plan and purpose for you. So you can make definite requests. This is the confidence we have that if we ask anything according to his will, we know we have it. Right? With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Boy, Satan hates that. Your wants aren't important. Yes, they are. God says they're important to him, and he wants you, he wants you to have your wants. He wants to satisfy your, de- your desires, but he knows how to do that. You don't. Can you give him your wants? Hallelujah. Make your wants known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds, there's your spirit and soul, mostly soul there, through Christ Jesus. Amplified says, And God's peace shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's your soul. Verse 7. Before, oh, this is it. Then we're done for sure. Verse 7 in the message. This is so good. Before you know it. Okay, so you start rejoicing in him. And don't expect everything to change because you said hallelujah once. This is the way we live. We praise Him all day long. Right? This is not a religion to us. This is a, this is a passionate marriage with Christ. We love Him. We worship Him. We adore Him. We can't live without Him. He's always on our mind. So you do this. You rejoice. You choose to rejoice in Him 24-7. You choose to fellowship with Him around the clock. And before you know it, as you go, show yourself to the priest. As you go, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Amen. Verse, next verse, verse 7. Eight, excuse me, go to verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, here's the soul again. What are you focusing on? Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, And if there be any praise, think on these things. A lot to say about what we focus on, the Bible has. That was a Yoda phrase right there, huh? A lot to say about the soul the Bible has, huh? Yeah, that's good. If there be any praise, think on these things. So what I think about is really important, okay? If I think about how someone's hurt me, I'm not going to experience Christ. 
If I don't forgive, I'm not going to experience him. Right? I need to be thinking about these things. This is the criteria for what I allow to stay in my mind. And we talk to our kids about this. Listen, with the way the technology is developing, it's very difficult to control the content on your devices. And I'll get these friend requests and all kinds of things that are just perverted. You know, I try and block it, try and do this, but, you know, they just show up. But, but it doesn't matter to me in that sense because it's not allowed in my life. But you have to make that decision ahead of time. I'm not going to allow a perverted friend request. I'm not going to allow something immoral, something ungodly to come into my mind. If you won't allow it in here, it will never happen out here. Right? Anyone who's gotten into that allowed it in here first. So this is the fortress that you want to guard. This is where you want, this is what you want protected, the soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. You don't want to let anything ungodly on there, in there just as surely as you would protect your house from a thief. Move forward. Move forward and you will experience more of Christ than you've ever imagined. Jennifer, you want to come up here, please? Father, thank you for this time with you. Lord, this is so exciting. God, you're so good. Lord, we worship you this morning. Thank you for this rich ministry of your word. Thank you for the life that is flowing from your spirit through your word into us today. Thank you for the privilege we have of leaving our homes and coming to this public place and experiencing you as your sons and daughters. Lord, we do not look back. We look forward and we fix our focus on you. We're going all the way with you, Jesus. There is no plan B. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.